Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and this Pewter Report podcast. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, but it's a Wednesday in the second week of January, and we're still talking about a preview, so that means your Tampa Bay Buccaneers have made the post season we're very excited to get into this matchup a rematch from week three of the nfl season bucks versus eagles another home game for the bucks another one on monday night football as well so we're going to break this down we're going to do a little roll call at 420 that's right and of course um get to a lot of videos and stuff from from today's bonus day i'll put in quotations um so a lot of fun stuff to talk about i'm your host matt matera joining with me is my fellow colleague and co-host and the face that runs the place of pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing on this Wednesday afternoon? Are you ready for some playoff football? I am. It's going to be a fun night on Monday night, right? I mean, Bucks eagles uh, this goes way back for me to the Tony Dungy era. You know, yeah. it's always fun to see these two teams get after it in the in the playoffs. And especially when the Bucks beat the Eagles, that's when it's more fun because mm. – um, I don't think there's a lot of people outside of Philadelphia that like Philly fan, right? And yeah. and like the Eagles, so it should be a, a good game and, and and a game too. When we had Yaya Diaby on Monday's show, Matt, you and I were talking about this. This just feels like the Bucks are catching the Eagles at the right time, right? And it's it, it's an Eagles team that is banged up, and um, the injury report when it comes out, which it should come out during this show. That's that is to me going to be the big news of of the day, and who is playing, who is not playing, who is playing injured. Uh, that's really going to tell the tale because the injuries have mounted in Philadelphia. The biggest one in Tampa Bay affects their quarterback Baker Mayfield. We heard from Baker today. Talk about that, and uh, so maybe we'll start the show by by going right to Baker and and what he had to say about his health and how he's enjoying having this extra time to not only prepare for the Eagles, but to get healthy. Yeah, here's Baker Mayfield. How do you feel? What's bothering you right now? Um, yeah, got a little ankle injury pretty early in the game. Um, but one of those things is uh, the week goes on, feel better and better, get some good rehab and work done on it and just see how it goes. But luckily, you know, the blessing is we play on Monday night, so an extra day of rest and recovery for me. You've had a lot of nagging injuries this year, nothing super serious, but uh, how do you kind of rehab? Do you have any uh, routines that you'd like to go through, anything unorthodox? I've had the same bodywork guy for six years now. Um, comes in every week, does does what we need. He knows my body better than I do. Um, he's a stud, so I, I call him my wizard. He's uh, he, he knows what to do, so gets me ready for each week and uh, wouldn't have been able to survive without him. So that's, that's the big routine thing that I do, and um, he's on a great same page. Bobby, our head trainer here, so got a good plan going into it. Or any of that stuff, acupuncture, any weird stuff? A little acupuncture, hyperbaric's a little different, but uh, no, I've, I've used it before, but I don't have one here. Are the ribs? Recovering slowly. Um, didn't take any, you know, impactful shots, but like, like we said last week, just eat with each day, it gets better and better. It's a shame that the late, great Mr. Miyagi has yeah. passed, <laughs> otherwise, you know, you use a little bit of that Karate Kid uh, magic and mojo to to heal Baker's ribs and his ankle. But I think that's some good news, right? I mean, it certainly sounded like it was trending in the right direction. And remember, Baker Mayfield did injure that ankle in the first 
what quarter of the game and yeah. and played the rest of it, right? Didn't even we didn't even see Kyle Trask uh outside of maybe throwing some passes on the sidelines to get warmed up. He didn't make an appearance. Baker went wire to wire in that game. I think it bodes well for him on Monday night. Yeah, and for those that were wondering about practice today, Baker wasn't even out there, really. It was just Kyle Trask and, and John Wolford. But this was a, a bonus day. I will say it is nice that that Baker Mayfield has a, a wizard on his yeah. staff, as he said. That's that's pretty cool. I'm sure Mike Evans will be a fan of that, too. Um, I, it's tough now that it's two injuries, right? Yeah. It's not just as if the ribs wasn't enough. Right. And I kind of forgot about that ankle injury as as the game went on. And yeah. uh, but it, like the ankle injury, I'm not exactly sure if it's the same one, but he did injure his ankle against uh, Indianapolis uh, mm-hmm. in that game. So it's something that he's had to deal with before. And even seeing him in the locker room from time to time, he's not always in the locker room when we're there because we obviously right. speak to him up at the podium. But he has had that ankle tape before, like both mm-hmm. at practice. So I'm curious with some of the throws that he really missed more than he made. How much was that the ankle being able to push and plant yes. things of that na- nature versus the uh, ribs injury? Because initially I just went to the rib injury, but that right. ankle footwork, we talk about all the yeah. time, and coaches talk about all the time, how important that footwork is. For Baker to say he didn't take too many difficult shots in that game, I mean, I can't speak for him. He experienced it, but he got hit pretty hard in that game against the Panthers. Like He got taken down a fair amount of times. He was sacked numerous times. Um, again, I, I can't speak for Baker. I'm not going to tell him what to think, but just right. watching the game, Baker got hit a fair amount of times. He tried to truck over people to get a yeah. first down, which he did. He's a physical player, so maybe his <laughs> idea is. of taking a shot is different than than the normal. Well, game. you know, he got folded up like an accordion one time. Yes, with Derek Brown, but I, I again, he didn't he didn't take the the exposed rib shot right where where he's in the throwing motion, the ribs are exposed, you know, and he's going up like this and he's taking that shot like right here in the ribs. Um, And then he didn't get slammed to the turf either. When he got tackled, like that one time he got tackled, his ankle was underneath him. That's what hurt the, the, the the ankle was getting rolled up on, but at no point was he ever like bashed to the ground and driven into the ground. So I, I think that that probably is, is, is better uh, that that he didn't take that kill shot, if you will, to the ribs. Um, now again, they're still sore, probably a little bit less sore now, a couple of days after playing in the game. But again, having not just the extra day, but the Bucks could have played on Saturday, right? I mean, that could have been an you know an option. So they're having a day or two now of of extra rest and recovery and preparation for the Eagles. And um, I'm really interested to see how how the Bucks respond because. Um, we talked about it on Monday show. It bears a slight repeating by me. I think you look at, at when they played the Falcons, the first time didn't score a lot of points. Dave Canales went to a bunch of new stuff because what he did against the Falcons the first time around didn't work. They scored 27 out of the 29 points against Atlanta, right? In that game, they put up 26 points. The first game against the saints and 21 points. The first game against the Panthers, then when they had the rematch against those NFC South foes, 13 points against the Saints, 9 points against the Panthers, probably leaning on too much of what they did in that first game, right? Well, the good news for Tampa Bay, if that scenario continues to, to hold serve, 
They only scored 11 points, Matt, yeah. against the Eagles in week three. Only only had 174 yards of total offense. The Eagles had 472. The Eagles held the ball for about 18 more minutes than Tampa Bay did because of that running game. So the good news is Dave Canales, when he's watching that film back, there's not a lot that worked that he can draw from. So he's got to come up with something brand new. And let's just hope that whatever he comes up with, Matt, is more like what we saw in Green Bay or at home on Christmas Eve against Jacksonville, where they can really take advantage of the Eagles scoring defense, which ranks 30th in the league, averaging uh, or allowing almost 26 points per game. I hope Dave Canales takes the news that just dropped recently that his uh, former head coach, Pete Carroll, will no longer be. Yeah. Walks in this rumors that he might just go into the front office, but I yeah. hope he takes a little anger from that and, and uses it as fuel to call his best game of yeah. the, uh, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I definitely do have my concerns about the Bucks' offense orchestrating in the proper way. And I've said this before, there is a version of the Bucks that can beat the Eagles. I agree. Dallas has to be in his bag. For, I don't know how he gets to it, but however he finds the groove or the right buttons that he found in that Jaguars game, in that game against the Green Bay Packers. And I do think the Eagles is way more susceptible on defense, kind of like how the Packers were at a time. And I guess the Jaguars, too. They just fired Mike Caldwell, the, yeah. their defensive coordinator. Um, there is a defense to be taken advantage of against with uh, with the Eagles' defense. Obviously, that interior defensive line is yeah. about. But if you're a Bucs fan, you got to be worried going into this game. I mean, they have scored – Two touchdowns, but they've only scored in one out of their last eight quarters. They scored yeah. in the fourth quarter against the uh, the Saints two weeks ago. And, I mean, they barely even sniffed the end. They did not reach the end zone, but they didn't even come close to getting to the end zone against the Carolina Panthers. And right. say that J.C. Horn had a good game against uh, following some receivers. You can say Baker was injured. Well, that doesn't really matter. Like, no one's going to feel sorry for the Bucs if they can't score a touchdown uh, Yeah. Eagles. Like, that's not a good enough excuse, you know? What about the Cleveland Browns? The Browns have injuries to every important position on their team, including quarterback, and they're able to still look like one of the best teams in the league. So I would definitely be worried uh, if on the Bucks, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Baker's talked about that today, just kind of his up-and-down play. And I asked him, what is missing or what has been missing from those last two games that uh, that really needs to – be present and apparent when they go up against the Eagles. And, and this was his response. What do you think's been missing over the last two weeks on offense that you want to see for Monday night? Um, we just got to, like I said earlier, I got to take the easy completions early on, keep keep ahead of the chains, get us going. Um, and, and just, you know, between the Saints game and the Carolina game, their fronts are really good against the rush. You know, we ran the ball when we needed to with six minutes left in the game. So that, that's big time. But um, just, just got to get going early and start fast to where we can mix up our, our different plays the level of trust you developed with these guys? Absolutely. Uh, not just offensively, but defensively as well. Knowing, knowing what we have there and also trusting in Chase McLaughlin. <laughs> so uh, just knowing the pieces we have, knowing that you don't have to do anything special. Do your job at the highest level you can. You don't have to be Superman. And uh, the rest will take care of itself. So luckily we got bailed out by the defense and special teams. But, um, yeah, it's, it's time for us to carry our weight and improve. And uh, what better time than now in the playoffs? And in the last couple of weeks, you know, not so much on offense in terms of scoring touchdowns. So you've been injured. That's been part of the story, right? It's not all on the quarterback. But what do you think the kind of up and down 
um, sort of training has been with? A lot of it starts with me. Uh, I'll be honest, taking the easy completions, taking taking the things that are there to put us in position to where Dave can call the plays that he wants to. And so um, just overall execution when it comes to the little fundamental things that we were doing really well for a couple weeks in a row, mm -hmm. just getting back to that and making sure we're doing those right and helping our defense out, letting them get a little bit more break on the sideline and, and go from there. Yeah, you look at that guy right there, right, Chase McLaughlin. He has been an absolute stud. Josh Capo from Peter Report had a great article about uh, McLaughlin's success, and he accounted for all nine points in Carolina. Yeah. And uh, he said a buck single season record for completion percentage. I'm sorry, completion percentage, kicking percentage, field goal percentage this year. And uh, you know he is near the top of the list in terms of of guys that Jason Light, Mike Greenberg want to resign. And um, the thing is, you know, you'd love to see McLaughlin on Monday night, but Matt, it's got to be for extra points because touchdowns have to be able to, to, to be on the board to beat the Eagles. The other thing too is, is Jake Camarda. This is this is a guy that that has struggled the last couple of, of games, has. and we asked Todd Bowles about him on Monday. Is is he playing through an injury? That you know, he's not an injury report. And he says, no, he just got to kick better. And, and so <laughs> that's the closest Todd Bowles has come to like calling out someone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and Matt, I mean, when you look at, at Jacob Marta, this is a guy that when he's on can flip field position, can pin opponents back deep and, and, you know, and lead to, to that, that uh, there was a safety right. And, and Atlanta uh, that was due to a, a punt that was pinned down there, I believe. So, there's there's a lot of of uh, of special teams concerns a little bit. You again, you, the only time you want to see Chase McLaughlin maybe kick a field goal is if it's a game winner, right? At the end of the Monday night game, touchdowns are going to win the game against the Eagles, and Jacob Marta has got to be on because it's going to be hard enough to move the ball. I think against Philadelphia's defense, and if if you can pin them back right and then play good defense. And then you know receive the punt from Philly, where you're starting at your own forty or maybe midfield. That's yeah. a hell of a lot better than having to drive eighty or ninety yards against Eagles defense to try to get a touchdown on the board. Oh, of course, and I would imagine that uh, McLaughlin's over under on his field goals will probably be one and a half. If you're yeah. a Bucks fan, if you're going to take the over on that, you better hope it's just two and that's it. Because right, it, it, not only can they not settle for field goals. But they like they have to go at least eighty percent in the red zone because you want to talk about this this losing streak for the Eagles. They've lost five of their six, and that's uh, that's absolutely the case. But in their losses, and some of this has been uh, some special teams issues for the Eagles as well. Um, but that to start that losing five of six, obviously everyone saw them get smoked against the 49ers. Yeah. They allowed forty two points, thirty three to Dallas. Uh, 20 to Seattle. That was the low number. They left 25 to the Giants and, and Tommy DeVito. Um, yep. 35 to the Arizona Cardinals, who mm -hmm. are better with Kyler Murray, no question about it. And then 27 points last week against the Giants again, but this time mm -hmm. with Tyrod Taylor. There is a clear, clear weakness on the Eagles right now, and it ain't their offense, even though their offense right. is hobbled with Jalen Hurts, um, who looks like he's going to play. I mean, we yeah. talked about Baker. Jalen Hurts. Um, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Cam Jurgens, who got yeah. poked in the eye. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of starters that that either missed last week's game or were injured in it, 
And so, yeah, I'm with you. And, and the other thing too, Matt, that's different is Paul Desai was the de- or Sean, sorry, Sean Desai was the yeah. defensive coordinator, and he knew Dave Canales from their time together in in Seattle a year ago. But now it's Matt Patricia running the defense, and ever since he took over, it's gone down south uh, well, quickly. And it's very odd with that for a couple of reasons. First of all, poor Matt Patricia. He goes from like. Great job is essentially the D coordinator to the Patriots. Right. Didn't work out as head coach for the Lions. Okay, that, that's a pretty tough job, and I think it's more commendable to what uh, Dan Campbell's doing now. Yep. He comes back to the Patriots to be their offensive coordinator, which made absolutely no sense. Right. And he goes to the Eagles this year, and sure, you get this opportunity to be the, the, the defensive coordinator now yeah. after the Eagles made some move some things around. But he's not calling his defense. He's calling the Eagles' defense, where Matt right. Patricia's idea of a defense and what he ran with the Patriots is different than what Philadelphia has, what Philadelphia's installed throughout, you know, last season and 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 uh, over the summer and everything like that. Like, you're not going to come in halfway through the season and be like, all right, we're completely changing our entire defense and our yeah. entire mantra and attack mode and everything. So. That's in an odd way, kind of an advantage for for the Buccaneers. That it's going to be a different looking style of yeah. of of an Eagles defense with Patricia at the helm of it. With that said, no one has more playoff experience than Matt Patricia. Nobody knows how to make adjustments before the game even starts and just have different looks that maybe the Bucks haven't even seen yet because right. from that Belichick coaching tree. Yeah, uh, will be very interesting to see, but I still do kind of give the advantage to the Bucks in that sense if they can figure it out. Yeah, well, it is 4:20. You know what time uh, it is on Mondays? Typically, we do this, but you know what? We didn't have time to get to roll call on Monday because we had to talk Bucks playoff news. Then we had special guest Yaya Diaby on at 4:30. So we didn't have a show yesterday, so we're pushing roll call. Where are you at, Peter people? Back to today. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. And while I do that, um, Matt Matera, Matty Diamonds is going to be putting up your locations of where you guys are, are watching or listening uh, to the show from. And uh, and I'm going to get started right now by talking about something that is going to be critical to Tampa Bay on um, on Monday night. And that is going to be takeaways. The Buccaneers, if you go back to week one, they have had a, um, you know, they, they, they've had a, a pension for taking the ball away this year. Interceptions are up slightly. Forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, th- those have happened. Um, they've done a great job protecting the ball this year. Baker Mayfield, only 10 interceptions, and, and we've not seen the ball on the ground a whole bunch, although we saw, what, four of, of the Bucks' uh, turnovers uh, in that 23-13 to 13 loss at New Orleans. Other than that, they've done a pretty remarkable job of protecting the ball, and it's a big reason why they beat the Carolina Panthers nine to nothing in Carolina. If you remember in that game, Antoine Winfield Jr., who is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, well, he came up with a pretty heroic play that ended up winning uh, the game for the Buccaneers by keeping uh, DJ Chark out of the end zone. So, go back to Week One. This is a Buccaneers team that has some talent. It obviously won the NFC South, had a winning record this year at 9-8, and eight, but does not have a supremely talented roster, right? Uh, how many Pro Bowlers were there this year, Matt? One, Matt, uh, Mike Evans. 
Uh, there were a couple of alternates, right? Antoine Winfield Jr. should have been a pro bowler. He was snubbed. So at, at most, you could say two pro bowlers. And it's pretty safe to say Evans has been the MVP of the offense. Winfield's been the MVP of the defense. Having said that, go back to week one. The Buccaneers beat what turned out to be a, a decent Minnesota Vikings team. And this was a, a Minnesota Vikings team that was playing at home in the season opener with Kirk Cousins healthy and Justin Jefferson. And the Buccaneers won that game because they won the turnover margin three to nothing. But what was the margin of victory? Three points. That's how close the Buccaneers have to play this to the vest when it comes to turnover margin. And if you give the 2020 or 2021 Buccaneers team with Tom Brady and all the weapons they had and the pro bowlers they had, et cetera, if you give that team a 3 nothing turnover margin, um, it's probably going to be a double-digit victory. It's probably going to be by 14 or 17 points, right? That's just how prolific and good those teams were. This year's Buccaneer team doesn't have that margin for error. Go back to the Monday night game in week three against the Eagles. Both teams had one turnover apiece. The advantage went to the Eagles, the more talented team. They won that game 25-11. to 11. And again, the Buccaneers just beat the worst team in the NFL, 9 to nothing, with everything on the line for Tampa Bay. By only nine points, by only three field goals, we have to remember there was a touchdown taken off the board yep. by a penalty on Carolina that could have made that nine to seven. So that just goes to show you from week one when they had a three nothing turnover margin and week 18 where they had a two to nothing turnover margin, the Buccaneers don't win by a whole bunch when they have a turnover margin advantage, but that's what they need to get wins. Because when it's even, they still lose Exhibit A, Week 3, 25-11, to Philadelphia. And certainly, Matt, in Week 17, when they were down 4 nothing in the turnover margin category, they got shellacked. And they were down 20 to nothing before getting 13 points late in the fourth quarter to make the final score 23-13. So uh, I know it sounds trite. I know it's, it's obvious. But more so than ever, the Buccaneers, I think, are going to have to win the turnover margin by at least two, three to one, two to nothing, four to two, whatever it is, by at least two to put themselves in a position to win. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I mean, ac across the board, you look at the wins that the Bucs have had. Most of them have been close with the exception of what I'll say is their best two games of the season. And we've said it before, but whatever. Their win against the Saints earlier in New Orleans in the beginning yep. of the season, and then what they did to the Jaguars a, a, a couple of weeks ago when they when they defeated Jacksonville in a great game on Christmas Eve. So, mm -hmm. you, and it's not even because of, like, how the Bucs have played lately or or what the Eagles have done. That's just the nature of playoff football. It, it's That's right. very rare that you see major, major blowouts. The last one that, like, truly comes to mind, and, yeah, sure, the Bucs got smoked against the Cowboys last year, mm -hmm. but... First one that popped in my head it was that Bills Patriots game from a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, um, with Bel the last time Belichick went to the, the playoffs, and mm -hmm. that was a complete, complete just massacre of a game. But anyway, I, I say that because I do think that the Bucks are going to be in a bit of a uh, a dogfight throughout this game, and the Bucks have had their moments on offense when they've really thrived um the obviously it didn't work well in the end against the texans but that offense 
obviously put up points and then the Jacksonville game and, and late against the Falcons and, and kind of the more recent game the Packers game as well. They have it. They have that dog in them to score the 30 yes. points. I just don't see it happening this weekend against the Eagles. So does that mean that they're absolutely going to lose? No, because the great equalizer, shout out to Denzel Washington, the yes. big equalizer for the Bucks has been their ability to take the football away. They are one of the best teams in the NFL this year in turnover differential and turnover margin. I believe they're a top five, if not at least like top seven in the league. So they really do a good job of that. And they have capitalized for the most part when they do take the football away. That's why it's very, very boom or bust. Now, can they take the ball away from Jalen Hurts? He's been prone to make some silly decisions. I mean, the interception that Devin White had against the Eagles all the way back in week three, yeah. that was just a bad decision by Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, when Even when the Eagles were still flying high, when they had their first loss of the season, it came against the New York Jets in New York. They turned the ball over a ton on Jalen Hurts just from yeah. wacky pressures and pressure in his face and forcing him to throw. So – we know the Todd Bowles blitzes. Are Todd's blitzes going to be able to affect Jalen Hurts and whatever right. wide receiver is, is available? Because Todd can give some odd looks, and I'm willing to bet Todd has some defensive blitzes, some things that he hasn't even shown yet mm -hmm. because he wants to save it for the playoffs. Jalen Hurts can make some mistakes. He's a great quarterback. Do not yeah. get me wrong. But he's not perfect. No quarterback is. And I do think there will be some opportunities to create those interceptions. It, you know what it comes down to, Scott? Mm -hmm. Carlton Davis, the last yes. game. There was two balls Carlton should have had. That's the ball. ball. Yep. We've said it with Jamel Dean. It's even happened to Antoine Winfield Jr. And Antoine right. Winfield Jr. is the closest thing to perfect as a defensive back can be. <laughs> but the Bucs have had their opportunities in multiple, multiple games. And they have taken the ball away. A lot of the times it's been a forced fumble by Antoine. I think when you get to the playoffs, Force fumbles are even more difficult than they already are. So I think it has to be an interception. And they're going to get one or two chances against the Eagles. Will they capitalize is the big question. I guess you, you would hope that they throw it to Antoine instead of Carlton Davis. Yes, please. Yeah. But <laughs> well, it, moment. And you're right, Matt. You're, you're actually spot on. You said that the Bucks are the top five. There's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's actually eight teams ahead of Tampa Bay that have a better turnover differential, but some of those teams are tied. So the Buccaneers are plus eight, and that is actually the the fourth best number in terms of the entire league. So Ravens and Giants lead the league with plus 12. Saints and Steelers are next with plus 11. Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, and 49ers are all tied with plus 10. Then you have Tampa Bay at plus eight. So they are technically a top five team. As for the Eagles, they're a bottom five team, minus 10 in terms of the turnover differential. So, again, I know that, that uh, you know, it's easy to sit there and, and point to a couple of key statistics and indicators, you know, uh, run the ball to win, don't turn the ball over. But sometimes it is that simple and is, it is that basic. It, the Buccaneers, if they can have success stopping the run, if they can run the ball, I'm not saying they have to flip the script necessarily and have a plus 18-minute time of possession advantage yeah. like Philadelphia had, which was ridiculous. But um, if, if that happens, guess what? They're going to win the game. I mean, that's, they that's all there is to it. I know they blew yes. one against Atlanta, but they were able to, to regain it, and they, they blew the lead again. 
they blew the lead against the Texans, but that wasn't on the offense. The offense typically has done a solid job with yeah when they have that lead, building the time of possession and, and, and kind of suffocating uh, the opponent that they're yeah. playing. Uh, yeah, let's get through a couple super chats. First, want to give a shout out to everybody from yeah. uh, Roll Call today. So let's uh, do it. A couple people. Sean Drippin Buck Brown uh, from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the other territory where mm-hmm. people from Pennsylvania might be rooting for the Phillies, but a buck in that area. Trooper City, watching from Sarasota, Florida. Robert Samuel Hall from Gaffney, South Carolina. Siege Outdoors from Canada, Bruce County, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Andres Rios from Sacktown, Sacramento, California. Angelina S. watching from Tampa, Florida. JBCDs watching from Queens, New York, home of um, Christian Isium and Nas, Nas yeah. and 50 Cent. Uh, Jacob Ward from Tampa. Buckman850 from Pensacola, Florida. Tammy Lay watching from Birmingham, Alabama. And last but not least, Higgins Hockey from Meriden, Connecticut. Appreciate everybody cool. that uh, was involved in Roll Call today. Fantastic turnout again. Can't thank you guys enough. Can't thank you guys enough either for these uh, super chats. We'll get to a couple uh, before we keep the show rolling. Lucas Pettis with the $1.99 super chat. Do you think they should start Joe Tryon-Shanka over Shaq Barrett? No, I mean, Joe Tryon-Shanka has done a really good job, I think, coming off the bench Yes. and being a rotational guy. I think he's actually kind of thriving in that role. He's gotten better as a run defender. But Shaq Barrett is, for his size especially, is one of the better run defenders there is. And, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. And I'm not saying the JTS is, but going up against Lane Johnson, that's a, that's a challenge. And, yeah. and, and maybe you might see more of, yeah, yeah, Diaby on that side going up against Lane Johnson because that is such a big physical matchup. Although yeah. uh, on the other side, though, um, uh, at, at left tackle, you've got uh, Jordan uh, Maleta, who is an absolute monster in terms yeah. of his size, 6'8", 365. He's from like so, New Zealand or Australia. I think he's from New Zealand yeah. or something like that. So he's yeah. got that cool accent too. Right. So you may not want to have Shaq on his side either because he's just – he'll engulf him and swallow him. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how Todd Bowles, how George Edwards, the outside linebackers coach, uh, how, how um, Casey Rogers, the front seven coach, is going to deploy – those defensive NGC. You might see more Anthony Nelson this game because he's a bigger, longer yeah. guy. You know, you might it might be more Yaya Diaby and Anthony Nelson than it is JTS and Shaq Barrett. We'll see how it all plays out. But um, I think that is one thing that Todd Bowles he can go back and look at um, that game film from week three and say we can't do this again for sure. So we got to come up with something yes. new, just like Dave Canales. Nothing worked. Fine, we can't do what we did back in week three. We got to come up with something new. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one knock on, on Shaq, even when he was in his prime, is that he doesn't always thrive against the bigger size yeah. um, offensive tackles. Now, the Ryan Ram checks, the, the uh, yeah. Havensteins out there with the Rams, exactly. you know. Yeah. And uh, if you recall, obviously they played the Eagles earlier this season, but the playoff game from two seasons ago, what was the big play from Shaq Barrett? He made interception. an interception. Yeah. He was dropping back in coverage. He was not right. on the line of scrimmage against, um, against those offensive tackles. So... And it was funny. Uh, one last thing before we go to the next super chat. I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready to go to the Bucks facility for practice. I was actually thinking about like the Bucks next season and the future at outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I like JTS as that third or fourth string outside mm-hmm. linebacker. 
for everything that we dislike about JTS of being a number one pick but not proving it as a starter, that's pretty solid depth as a third string outside no linebacker. So I, I do want to give JTS credit yep. for that. So if they draft an edge Huge rusher. Huge play last Yaya, year, last week too. Yeah. yeah. If, they dra- if they have Yaya and they draft an edge rusher and then JTS and Anthony Nelson are your two backups, that's really good depth at outside. I agree. Uh, Trustin Vorbeck, thanks for the 499 Super Chat, says, you may have discussed already, but what is the status of Jalen's fingers and Brown's knee? Are they going to be out? Thank you, Peter Report, for all that you do. Thank you, Trustin. Have um, we gotten the injury report yet? I don't think we get Haven't one today because everything's pushed back. That's true, yeah. Today. That's true. So, this, is, uh, this is a bonus day. So Yeah, it's technically a bonus day. Um, from the report the other day, and, and Bailey Adams did a story on it as well, um, there's no fracture for Jalen Hurts, which is good news for uh, for the Eagles. And an X-ray, I believe, came back negative. So yeah. it's really just a lot of discomfort. And I'm not exactly sure if it's broken or just kind of sprained or whatever, but no fracture. Fractures yeah. are worse than, like, broken bones and things of that nature. And then A.J. Green was seen walking around. Wasn't A.J. Brown. Yeah, wrong sorry, color. A.J. Brown. Um, yeah, wrong color. Uh, was seen walking around um, without a boot or crutches or anything like that. So clearly not 100%, but I, if I'm a Bucks fan, I, I wouldn't hold out hope that that neither of them are playing. I think it's a better chance that they do. Yeah, and, and I think, too, uh, Devontae Smith's also going to play. He missed the last game with an ankle injury. So yeah. uh, we might see the Eagles at full strength, but will they be at full strength even that they play, right? Are they going to be yeah. effective enough uh, to go out there and run around on those ankles and throw the ball with that finger, et cetera? So it's it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Mark Fisher, a.k.a. Redfish with the 499 Super Chat, thank you, says, SR, between your picks on New Orleans, Carolina, and Philly, this shows how schizo we are. Uh, why is that, do you think? I don't know. Um, I thought they were going to beat the Saints. I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have lost to the Panthers. And I think they're going to beat the Eagles. So I have a chance to be wrong three weeks in a row. Let's hope my losing streak comes to an end. Uh, I have not made my official prediction yet, but I just... This is a game they should win. And and, and I uh, they should have beaten the Saints, and I kind of penalized them for not doing it by picking the Panthers to win because yeah. that was a game they should have won also. I was the only guy to take the L on that, thankfully. All the other Peter reporters gained a game on me and our predictions. Um, so, uh, But this is a game they should win. So I'm going to stick with they, they should win this game. I learned my lesson from last week. I think that they have a chance of winning this game. I think the defense is going to play better than it did back in week three. Just can the offense get back on track, and can they can they put some touchdowns on the board? That's that's going to be the key. I think what's so difficult. I mean, you talk about like schizo with these picks. Well, the Bucks have been schizo this season. You know, losing yeah. six of seven, winning four in a row, and then splitting their last two, but looking kind of terrible in both of them. The the issue with picking Bucks games, at least this season, is that it just takes a couple of tweaks for it to be like, ooh, this is bad. To wow, this is great. Right. And you just never know when that little tweak is going to exactly is going to, to come in place. So yeah, I think it, that's it's one. it's almost like Celsius. They just tweak it and make it Celsius essentials instead of having the slim cans. They get boom. They get the big cans, right, folks? I had another Celsius um, orange sickle again this morning, and it was absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure if you've gotten yours yet, Matt, but. Um, the, I, I've had the blue crush. I've not had the dragonberry or the cherry limeade yet, but I've had the orange sickle 
and the Blue Crush. They're absolutely amazing new flavors from Celsius Essentials. Yes, uh, the Celsius Essentials are uh, performance energy drinks with 270 milligrams of caffeine. I'm just getting choked up thinking about it. Um, There's no sugar. And they are the ultimate energy drink by Celsius, formulated for the fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performance. Uh, They are made with the Meta Plus formula that consists of three essential aminos, and they provide you with the unbeatable combination of ingredients that support (coughs) your physical and cognitive performance. With a specially formulated lineup of bold flavors, Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential and take their fitness journey to the next level. The new Celsius Essentials can be found at 7-Elevens nationwide. You can get the three-flavor variety pack now at Walmart, and they are rolling out nationwide at select retailers, and they're coming very soon to Amazon. So we love our Celsius Essentials, and of course, we love our original Celsius as well, whether it's the sparkling orange, the Fuji apple pear, the cola, the sparkling watermelon, lemon lime, or the Arctic vibe, my personal favorite. Um, If you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, new or old, Go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you could find one. It could be a Walmart, Target, health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. And if you want to start getting Celsius in bulk, you can go back to Amazon, do the subscribe and save. I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety spice of life. You'd have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're the you're in charge. You're the captain. It could be every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official energy drink of PeterReport.com. That's right. It's good stuff, folks. Even the, the essentials, man. It's, <laughs> that, that extra um, caffeine is no joke either. I'm, I've been wired all day. It works. Um, um, I'm getting a haircut after the show. Uh, otherwise, I would probably, probably be going to the gym with all this energy I have. So good stuff. Highly recommend yeah, do it up. Um, let's keep these super chats rolling in. Thanks, everybody that is uh, participating. Starting with uh, Easy the Great. Thank you, Easy, who says oh, for the five dollars super chat. As they say, hurts looks hurt. Parentheses knee. Yeah. And scrambling ability looks limited. Keep him in the pocket and force him to throw. LFG bucks fire those effing cannons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's always the name of the game when it comes to a mobile quarterback that, that can run. Uh, I will give Hurts some credit. I do think that he can spin the ball pretty well. I mean, I'm not going to put him as top five of, uh, you know, the best throwing quarterbacks yeah. in the league. And it also really, really helps when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who, if they play, are a great wide receiver combo. I mean, they get compared to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, at the ultimately you do want to keep him in the pocket, but I think the biggest thing isn't even necessarily limiting him from running. I think it's him limiting him from extending plays. I think yes. that's where Jalen Hurts is like truly at his most dangerous. Yeah, and you know what? I would not be surprised to see Todd Bowles call more nickel blitzes, whether it's Chris Christian Isian, whether it's corner blitzes, Carlton Davis, uh, Jamel Dean. Um, or whether it's uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. uh, you know, who's the one of the best blitzing defensive backs in the league, if not the best. And what that does, Matt, is a couple things. It prevents the Eagles' outside running attack from getting going, right? Because you are you could be running right into a blitzing defender. It also, too, 
can help Jalen Hurts stay in the pocket, whereas someone like Kalaja Kansi, who let's let's not forget, uh, did not play back in week yep. three, was hurt. Bingo. Right. So th- this is a guy in Kalaja Kansi that I think could be instrumental in stopping the Eagles' ground game because he's got ten tackles for loss. What's the best way to stop a running game? Stop it before it starts. Go back and look at that. Tennessee Titans game with Derrick Henry getting tackled yeah. in the backfield by Cansey, getting tackled in the backfield by um, uh, by Yaya Diaby. So this is a, a different defense because you're going to have Diaby getting more playing time as a starter. He played 25 snaps. That was 31% of the snaps. That was the fewest of, of JTS, Shaq Barrett, and Anthony Nelson. Then you have Kalaja Cansey who saw zero snaps because he was injured that game. So you're you're going to see two out of the front four guys up front in at least nickel, and it would be five a five man front when they're in base defense. Um, better versions of themselves, right? I mean, this is a Kalaja Kansi that's got ten games under his belt now. This is a Yaya Diaby who has established himself as a starter. And um, by the way, yes, he had sack number seven and a half last week, but Matt he had six tackles against tackle the run in a tackle yeah. for loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh- I think going into this, uh, I was doing some notes and stuff before the game. That was one of the biggest things for me is way more Yaya from the first game. And yeah. having Kalijah Kansi for this one is so, so important to stop that run in the middle. Obviously, everyone's going to keep their fingers crossed that Devin White, you get the good Devin White uh, yeah. especially with stopping the run. But yeah, Kalijah right. Kansi can go a very long way. There are two or three people that I think are huge, huge X factors in this one. Um, with Cansey and I think Devin White on the defensive side of the ball. I have someone on, in mind for the offensive side of the ball as yeah. well. Um, and we can get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, having Elijah Cansey, I think, is so important yeah. uh, for this matchup. Let's get to this $10 super chat from Mike Wells. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, who says, Scott and Matt, you guys are the best putting together another solid show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Guys, uh, if we do end up losing this game, how quickly will the decision come down on Todd, whether he goes or stays. I would think it would have to come pretty quickly because, you know, the rat race has already started. You know, Colts did it in the season. Not the Colts, sorry. The Panthers did it in the season. Um, Right. The the Falcons did it literally at midnight when it turned to to Black Monday. Yeah, Patriots have already fired a guy in season. Panthers as well. Same with the Chargers, right? So there's three in season. And as you mentioned, Patriots, Titans. Well, we'll see uh, what happens with the Patriots. Yeah. There's, like, there's rumors that Belichick might not be the GM and he'll just coach. But anyway, they got to yeah. figure that out. And I imagine that would take longer because Belichick's been there for you know over 20 years where Bowles has only been the head coach for right. two. But I, I would imagine, <clears throat> so if they lose on Monday, I would say by the end of the week, we'd probably get an answer of whether or not Bowles is here next yeah. season. Yeah, I agree. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. And, you know, um, Here's the thing. If they win, he stays. Like It's that simple. Win, yes. and there's no questions about your job security whatsoever. It's just I think the Lasers are looking at this saying, is this the guy that can take us to new heights and win in the playoffs? And and I think maybe one of the things that would be a little damning against Todd Bowles would be the fact that both of these games are at home, Matt. Right? These yeah. these are. It's not like you got to go on the road. It wasn't like Tony Dungy where he went – Back to back to Philadelphia, in in twenty or in two thousand and two thousand one, and lost both of those games 
these are two home games, right? And and uh, doesn't mean you're going to win. John Gruden uh, lost uh, home games in 2005 and 2007 after winning the division. The Bucks lost a home game here in the divisional playoffs against the Rams in 2021. The Bucks lost last year against the Cowboys at home. So it doesn't guarantee you anything, but it's supposed to be easier. It's supposed to be home field advantage when you have a home playoff game. Yeah, that's just uh, another thing to look at in, into this this uh, crazy conversation about Todd Bowles, uh, whether or not he'll be here. Jonathan Ramatar with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Jonathan, says, Canal's trying to get Palmer going. Feels like he's been force-fed the past few weeks with Godwin used for gotta have it downs. Is this intentional? I don't mm. think Trey Palmer's been <clears> – I don't think he's been force-fed by yeah. any means. I just think – and Canales will be the first one to say, like, okay, Mike and Chris are the first two options. If they're not open, who's your third option? And uh, Palmer's been the guy that's gotten open. And sometimes they'll throw screen passes and, and things like that to him. Um, right. I, I don't think he's purposely cutting into what Chris Godwin is doing. The ball just hasn't gone the way of, of, uh, of Godwin as much lately. I agree. Thank you to Kyle Dugan, Dukes, for the $5 Super Chat, who says, any coaches besides Bowles and McCarthy that could get the axe, but they won and done this postseason. LaFleur, Tomlin, seems safe based on the circumstances, in my opinion. Uh, good question. I would a good think question. the Bills with Doug McDermott, because there's been – Sean McDermott. So, yes, yeah. uh, Doug McDermott's a basketball player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say maybe Sean McDermott, just based on – you know, some reports about him and mm. and kind of like chaotically firing the offensive coordinator, even though... Although it's worked. <laughs> it, it's worked, but just, I don't know, an odd way how it's gone about. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. I think the Dolphins would be crazy to fire Mike McDaniel. But oh, yeah. Going to yeah, like, I don't think that's going to happen. I remember but... there was rumors last year. It was like, oh, like, could they fire McDaniel? I'm like, it's one season, and yeah. with all due respect to Skylar Thompson, he did not have Tua for like right. three fourths of the season, uh, but yeah, McDermott would probably be my <clears throat> be my pick for this one. Yeah, uh, huge, huge. Thank you, and a big super chat, a huge super chat to KS forty nine ninety nine super chat. And here's uh, uh, his comment here: big fan of the show, long time, first time. Anyways, Baker more hurt than is being reported. Big, big, big Rashad White game. Rain is forecasted. Hertz might have trouble with the grip. That's interesting uh, that you say that about the grip because the Buccaneers, they have some experience playing in some rain games now. If you remember, yep. it did rain on Monday night against the Eagles for a little bit, but then it rained a lot against the Carolina Panthers in the first half of that game. So um, not saying that it gives the Buccaneers an advantage per se, but at least they have some experience calling the game, playing the game on offense and defense uh, in a downpour, in the rain, et cetera. So we do live in the state of Florida yes. as of, um, what is today, Wednesday. Uh, there is a 45% chance for rain. And when it does say it's going to rain, it's going to start raining at 7 o'clock. And there's a chance of rain all the way through the game. Now, the, the, what's the famous saying in Florida? If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes because yeah. it'll change. <laughs> so um, who knows? We'll have a better idea as it goes along but uh, we're gonna have a podcast tomorrow at four o'clock like we usually do the next podcast won't be because the game is on monday until our pre-game uh podcast um uh, during peter game day as well as our post-game podcast so uh we won't have an update uh 
on a podcast outside of maybe tomorrow if we can give a weather update. But we certainly will have uh, some information posted uh, on uh, our social media platforms, especially X. Yeah, and uh, thanks again to KS for the uh, for the very kind super chat. Uh, just to answer some more of this, I, I don't think Baker's really trying to uh, what's the right word like be a mirage for yeah. what his injuries are. Like he's pretty banged up now. He says, "Oh, I'm good. Like I'm feeling better." I, you know, he's not saying like, "Oh, when I go home, I could barely sit down because of my ribs and my ankle." Right. I'm sure he's in a ton of pain, but he's not going to say that up at the screen or up at the podium for us to all put on our social media and stuff. Um, but to your point about Rashad White, he's my other guy that's an X factor in this game. Yeah. I, I watched a, a good amount of Eagles-Giants. I plan on watching it again. Where the Giants absolutely ripped apart the Eagles was with Saquon Barkley, but yeah. in multiple various ways. It was not just Saquon broke, you know, four 80-yard runs or whatever it is. Saquon had a big reception down the sideline. Saquon got pitched the ball to the outside. So really, yeah. the running backs on the edge, I think, are going to be I super, agree. super important. What the Bucs have been missing, I think, the past two games that they were so great at the weeks before is the effectiveness of Rashad White as a receiver. For whatever reason, I think they kind of went agree. away from that um, last game. And I think part of that is Rashad White's pretty banged up. Like, yes, yeah. he's playing, he's good to go. And if you're in, you're all set. But I think getting back to that passing game and, and even having Rashad White run more routes, not necessarily like wait at the line of scrimmage and, and get the screen pass and then mm -hmm. get going. Like, remember the touchdown he scored against the Packers yep. when he ran over the middle? I think some more stuff like Just that. Would, route. I agree. Yeah, or maybe something to the boundaries. I think that would be really big in this game and just getting Rashad White to the outside in space, even in the run game. Don't wait just to pass it there. Yep. Run it to the outside too. And I think Chase Edmonds is going to be big as well because I don't think Rashad is 100%. So you get Chase Edmonds in that game, quick to the hole, quick burst, I think he could be important too. Hey, listen, if you want to play some prop bets on what you think Rashad White's going to do, or maybe you like the Bucks money line, the fact that they're underdogs, or you want to take the points, well, go to my bookie. The official online gaming website of Peter Report and place your bets. Gear up, sports fans. The national championship was just here, and the NFL playoffs are here. And it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't just watch, score big with exclusive boosted odds and huge prize contests that'll have you feeling the big game fever before it even hits. Whether you're a seasoned pro or ready to roll for the first time, my bookie is your ticket. Tuning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. My bookie has the largest online lineup of odds, contests, and Vegas-style casino games, making it your ultimate destination for all types of fun, 24-7, right at your fingertips. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the wait is over. Make your, move, make your winning move today and sign up at my bookie. Here's what you need to do. Use the promo code PEWTER to claim your deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's right. Up to $1,000. Use the promo code Pewter for an opportunity to boost your betting power. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home with the website, with the app, because my bookie, you can bet anything, anywhere, anytime. Join my bookie, like Matt and I have today, and become part of the winning team and use that promo code Pewter to get yourself a bonus up to $1,000. Keep these super chats rolling. Thanks to Khalif Young for the 499 super chat, who says Dave Canales play calling seems to tighten up when he gets into the red zone. 
instead of attacking the end zone. I agree. Runs a lot of east and west plays. I think spot on. He gets yep. he, he really gets conservative in the red zone, and I don't totally understand why. And I agree. Like I want east and west from the twenty to the twenty. Then you gotta go. Yes. You gotta go forward when you're in the red zone. So I'm with that for sure. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, nice uh, comment here from uh, A. Ruiz. Listening to Yaya yesterday gives me the confidence he will be a vocal, a valuable vocal hold guys accountable leader down the road. And I think that's the case. And he's he's one of those guys that that really has the opportunity, I think, to lead by example to begin with, like we've seen with Antoine Winfield Jr., and then step up and become uh, a vocal leader um, along the likes of of a Tristan Wirfs, as we've seen him become that role, and even uh, Levante David for sure. Um, Nathan Marone, hey, Scott, I know you said moving on from Bulls depends on who's available with some big names to become available. Could that influence some things? It might. I, I don't know. I think we just need to let this game play out and see what happens. Uh, again, if they win, Bulls is not going anywhere, nor should yeah. he. But if they lose, then it's the Lazier's decision, right, to, to, to look what's behind door number two and Jason Light and say, is there an upgrade potential out there? They did that back in 2000. And two, between Tony Dungy to John Gruden, and it worked out. They tried that going from Greg Schiano, who had four wins mm-hmm. in 2013, to Lovey Smith in 2014. It did not work out. They went from four wins to two wins. That's not the direction that the team wants to go in for sure. I uh, got a super chat from Eric Moreno. Thank you, Eric, for the $5 super chat. He says, are you guys sure Baker will play Monday night? How close will he be to 100%? I'm 99% sure Baker is going to end up playing in this game. That's who yeah. Baker Mayfield is. Um, he could always have a setback, but yep. I'm very, very sure Baker's going to play. Um, is he 100%? Definitely not. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to put a percentage on what he is, uh, but definitely not 100%. Yep. Um, and thanks, Eric, for the $2 Super Chat. Says, Just bought another Antoine Winfield rookie autograph. Very cool. I'm sure that'll yeah. be very expensive one day when his, uh, whenever he decides to hang it up. That's right. Uh, Kayla Bartlett with the $1.99 Super Chat. Thank you. What's up with Otten out wide in the Saints game? Sometimes offensive coordinators will will um, flank the running back out or flex the tight end out wide, and and sometimes uh, that's to draw a linebacker out there, right, to uh, manipulate the middle of the field a little bit. Maybe it's maybe for Otten it's to kick him out wide, drag a linebacker out there, and then that's one less linebacker Rashad White has to, to run through or run around in the box, or if you're going to flex, say, Rashad White out wide as a wide receiver and go empty, um, that, again, takes a safety or a linebacker out of the middle of the field. And maybe you're throwing the ball to, say, Chris Godwin in the slot, and that allows him to a little, little bit more space to maneuver without one uh, linebacker or safety uh, in the box as well. So it's, sometimes it's just manipulation purposes to kind of create a little bit more of an opening in the middle of the field, either for a run or a pass. Uh, thanks to Scotty J for the four ninety nine super chat, who says, "Trust Matty Diamonds, he makes me money." Uh, not going to comment on political stuff, but thanks for the first part of that uh, that sentence. Yeah, I have as much fun when you guys win as I win. So very much looking forward to making some prop bets for uh, this Monday's game. Going to have a little bit more time to think about it, but uh, you'll see it on Peter Picks and Props. You'll see it on. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet it out like right before the game too, and yeah, let's let's all win more in 2024. Well, if you're looking for um, a house or you're looking to sell your house in 2024, uh, the one name that you need to know, folks, is Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group. Eric Gross 
And the Eric Rose Group, well, they're the official realtor of Peter Report. And the reason why is because they are the Pro Bowls, uh, Pro Bowlers. They are the all pros. They're not going to get snubbed. Uh, they know what it takes to to sell and buy houses in this crazy real estate market. They have experience in all sorts of situations. Eric and his team have done hundreds of transactions. And that's the type of experience that you want on your team. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader. He's a Tampa native. His dad was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. So if you want somebody that knows this area like the back of his hand, or even across the state of Florida, Eric is your guy. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellent service. That's what sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents as part of the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. All you have to do is go to their website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla.com. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group and give Eric a call. He wants to hear from you, 513-907-4271. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. Uh, and, of course, we got the Pewter Game Day show coming up uh, this Monday. Uh, we'll have the live pregame show around 7, 7.15. And then the uh, when the game goes live an hour later, I'll have my live opinions, reactions, all that fun stuff going on. Always a great time. Uh, great turnout last week with the Panthers expecting an even better one because it's the playoffs for Bucks versus Eagles. So that'll be right on our YouTube channel. Uh, before we close out the show, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about Antoine Winfield Jr. a little yep. bit. We got a lot of videos. Um, we'll end up playing some on tomorrow's podcast as well at, at 4 o'clock. But Antoine Winfield Jr. spoke. He had the uh, the title belt that he got from Good Morning Football as the best defensive back in the league. Um, this is what he had to say about um, getting snubbed from the Pro Bowl. It's the first time that we physically heard from him. Uh, since all that stuff went down. Yeah, coming out here, big time. Oh, yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. I can't control that. The only thing I can control is what I'm doing on the field. Why do you think that people are just kind of overlooking what you're doing this year? I'm not sure. I have no clue. about you? I mean, I know what I do. I know what I'm capable of. Um, I know the work that I put in. So, at the end of the day, I think that's the only thing that really matters. Because, yeah, I mean, you've put up stats that hasn't haven't happened yeah, in yeah. Like 20-something years. Right, that's what I'm saying. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I bring to the table, so that's, I'm happy. How good did it feel to get so much response from around the country, whether it was players, media, everybody saying they were the best safety in the NFL? Um, it, it's, it's cool to see. Cool to see my name out there. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm happy with my stats. I'm happy where I'm at. Um, you know, I can only control what I do on the field, and then after that, you know, everybody can have their own opinions, but I just know what I bring to the table. And there was Winfield rocking it as well. You could see it on our social medias and uh, everything like that. By the way, if you want to follow us on our social media, um, you could see it uh, on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads over at Pewter Report. And then our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we have the podcast, various uh, clips from press conferences, um, great guests like Yaya, Yaya, Diaby. Yeah. By the way, uh, we have a separate video from that interview. We got the whole podcast and then – if you want to just watch the interview with Yaya, we have that on our YouTube channel as well. So yeah. uh, another awesome show today. Yeah. We're going to try to top it again tomorrow at 4 Folks, o'clock. we're 92 uh, yeah, subscribers we're less than away, away. Yeah, from 13,000. So Help us. Like try to get our that. channel. Yeah, Please. like, subscribe, comment. Let's try to do that before the game on Monday. Yep. 
So until tomorrow, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.